Welcome to church. There's a showward assembly, an exciting congregation of God's people, under the pastoral care of Dr. Dennis Eng and his amiable wife, Pastor I.T. Our mission is to raise champions who are passionate for God, winning in life and changing the world. Our vision is to be a growing community of worshippers and ministers from every tribe and tongue, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. Showward, raising champions. John chapter 10 from 31. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone Jesus. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of those who works do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you being a man, make yourself God. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said ye are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. Do you say of him whom the father sanctified and sent into the world you are blaspheming because I said I am the son of God? Do you say that is blasphemy? Because I said I am the son of God. When Jesus said, I am the son of God, the Jews understood him a lot. They understood that you cannot be the son of God and be less than God. That when you say you are the son of God, you put yourself in the class of God. A good does not give birth to a cow. A cow doesn't produce a chicken. Human beings give birth after their kind. And God can only give birth to God's. Bible says, whatever is born of the flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of the spirit is not flesh. Whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. I don't know what you think of yourself, but I pray that God gives you a new understanding of who you are in Christ. Because the Bible says any man who is in Christ is a new kind of being. Anyone who is in Christ is a creation that has not existed before. Anyone who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things now become new. Anyone who is in Christ is not after the order of Adam. We are not, it's Paul that said, henceforth know I know man after the flesh. Beloved, we have seen ourselves only from the perspective of humankind, of the flesh, 
of the natural man for too long. And because of that, we fail to understand what God has made out of us. You are not ordinary. You are not just natural. You are supernatural. You are a spirit. You are the son of God. And you are a God. That's what scripture teaches. But you see, you can't receive that until you have a revelation of it. That's why Jesus said, if, even in the Old Testament, Psalm number 82, that God said to them, you are God. If you read the verse before them, he said, you shall die like men because you lack understanding. They know not, neither do they understand. They walk up in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course without understanding, without revelation. You will live and die like a natural man. But when you understand, catch a revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus, you live above the natural. Hey, come on, are you with me? I said you live above the natural. We are very comfortable with the natural. So if I say that you're not natural, if I say you are God, I, I think if I say that you have the spirit of God, we can relate with that. We are comfortable with that, right? If I say you have the spirit of God. But if I say that you are God, you are a God in the mold and in the make of your father. I said trying to explain exousia to you Luke chapter 10 and verse 19 that when Jesus said behold I permit me to say I cede to you my power behold I give to you power remember he had said all power in heaven and earth has been given to me Let, he said I give to you power to trample upon serpents to trample upon scorpions I give you power over the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And I said exousia is that authority and that audacity to stand and act in the place of Christ Jesus in the fullness of his power. In the fullness of his power. Glory to God. Please is somebody getting what I'm saying? That is why when Jesus said I am the son of God. The people said, do you mean that you are like God? Do you mean that you are a God? That is blasphemy. And you know, in those days, blasphemy was visited with instant judgment. I'm sure you know what it was. You were stoned to death for blasphemy. They still some, do some bit of that somewhere. So they were saying, you commit blasphemy. And so they started stoning him. And he asked, why do you stone me? He said, because you said you're the son of God. The Jews understood more than some Christians understand now. When you say you're the son of God, you fail to understand the full import of what you're saying. But the Jews understood it. And that's why they were not comfortable with it. When you say, I am the son of God. Or I am a son of God. The begotten son of God. By the time Jesus was 
walking the face of the earth. The Bible said he was the only begotten of the Father. But Jesus is no more the only begotten of the Father. You are as begotten as Jesus. I don't know whether you understood what I just said. I said you are as begotten by the same grace, by the same spirit as Jesus himself. And you are as much a son because Jesus came as the prototype son. A pattern son so that you can live exactly like him in the fullness of his power and authority. Remember, Jesus was in the boat with his, with his disciples. And there was a storm. Jesus was sleeping in the lower deck, hinder part of the boat, on a pillow. In fact, I think that was the VIP compartment because it had a pillow. It was in the VIP lounge. I'm sure you understand, first class. He was flying first class. And they went there and woke him up. By the time they woke him up, they were in panic. Master, don't you care that we are perishing? Don't you care that we are finished? Jesus slowly woke up and said, what are you talking about? Say, look out. Jesus rebuked the wind and spoke to the sea, peace be still. And what happened? It was immediate calm. And the disciples were shocked. What was it they said? What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the seas obey him. What species of human being is this? What nature of mankind is this? This is not the normal man that we have seen. This is not the ordinary man we have seen. This is another kind of man that every nature, every power, the forces of nature bow and submit to his authority. Can I declare to you that that is the same nature of man that you are? It's the same species of man that you are. The son of God. Walking the face of the earth in the fullness of his power. When Paul was shipwrecked at Malta on his way to Rome. A viper came out of the fire they were trying to kindle and wound itself around his hand. Remember? I'm sure it's a popular story, you know it. Bible says Paul shook up the beast into the fire. It did, the Bible didn't even say that he had no harm. He shook the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Because whether you have a scratch or not is a function. What is important is how you feel. He felt no harm. Scripture says that the people of the island, knowing fully well the venom of the viper, and not only that, this viper was associated with deity. And they thought that it was instant judgment on Paul, having escaped the sea. They said he's a murderer. He's going to die. Just watch. He's going to die. Because everyone until that time had died when that viper touched them. Everyone had died. Until it came to Paul. He shook the beast into the fire. 
And I'm glad it was into the fire, not outside. When you're shaking the beast on your hand, make sure it enters the fire. Shake the beast into the fire. Don't shake it outside the fire. <laughs> I love that. And felt no harm. So they watch. He will die in seven days. Seven days came. The man was growing more healthy. <laughs> no, I think it's a mistake. He will die the next few days. He didn't die. The Bible says they changed their minds. And they now said he is a God. When people see that you're not subject to what they are subject to, they admit there is something different about you. When they see that the plague that is around the place has isolated you, there is a cry everywhere except in your household. They know that there is a covenant working for you. When you enter where they enter and you come out on scap, then they know there must be another spirit that is inside of you. Beloved, I want you to understand that you are different. That is why nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. You see, how you live on earth is a function of what you believe. How you live on earth is a function of the revelation that you have. It's not a function of where you were born. It's not a function of the certificate you have. It's not a function of where you live, but a function of what's in your mind, a function of how you think, a function of what you believe. Can someone say hallelujah? Hebrews chapter 2. Let me read 14 and 15. Hebrews chapter 2. 14 and 15. No, keep me, give me the King James Version. Amplify. I mean the New King James Version rather. New King James Version. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood... Jesus Christ himself likewise shared in the same. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. And that is the devil. I read this scripture on Thursday and I like to read it for emphasis for those who were here and those who were not here so that they can benefit from the things we taught on Thursday. Jesus became flesh and blood and died for one purpose. He died so that he might destroy the one that had the power of death. By the way, in case you say, what, what about the forgiveness of sin? The truth is that the foundation of death is sin. Are you with me? That's the foundation of death the wages of sin is what? That's what the Bible says. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus died so that he might destroy the one who had the power of death. Let me begin from there. Look at the tense there. The Bible did not say that he died so that he might destroy the one who has the power of death. You have gone to school, so you know that heart is past tense, right? He had, but he no more has it. Can I say, in case you did not know, and I think a lot of people do not know, the power of death is not 
anymore in the hand of the devil. Hey, are you with me? Someone said, oh, Satan is after me. Demons are after me. Witches are after me. I think the problem you have is ignorance. And my people are destroyed because they know nothing. The Bible says through knowledge shall the just, shall the righteous be delivered. You are as free as what you know. Jesus said if you are my disciples, you will continue in my word and you will know the truth and the truth will establish your liberty. It's what you don't know that is enslaving you. Satan does not anymore have the power of death. He doesn't have. Satan cannot kill you. The devil doesn't have what it takes to kill you. How do I know? If he had, you would be dead by now. Oh, you think he has not tried to kill you? You think he likes the fact that you are alive? All those your violent prayers against him? You think he likes it? He has even tried several times, but he couldn't kill you because he doesn't have what it takes to kill you. Are you still here? <laughs> Revelation chapter 1. Let me show you who has the power and the key of death. Revelation 1 verse 18. Revelation 1 verse 18. Read that with me. One, please read everyone. Who do you think is speaking here? Satan? The devil? No. It's Jesus that is talking. I am he who lives and was dead and behold I am alive and I will live forever. I won't die again. That is why he died to demystify death. To take away the fear from death so that you can live your life without fear of death. Oh, glory to God. I'm alive forever more. Amen. And I have the key of hell, the key of hates, the key of the grave, and the key of death. So, beloved, I have good news for you. The key of death is in the hands of your master and lord. And he acts in your favor. Did you hear what I just said? That should make you excited. So when the devil comes threatening to kill you, say, call his bluff and say, oh boy, you ain't got no power to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but look at what Jesus did. Get back to Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. Let me read that scripture for you particularly. It said that he died so that he might destroy the one who had the power of death. Now, that is to say, beloved, that Satan, by virtue of Jesus dying on the cross, was destroyed. And someone will say, oh, but Satan is still alive. Yes, he is. So let me tell you what it means to destroy. Give me the amplified version of that scripture. That he died that he might destroy, he might destroy the one who had the power of death. And I'm glad he no more has it. 
Since therefore, these his children share in flesh and blood in the physical nature of human beings. He took himself in a similar manner, partook of the same nature. Look at this. That by going through that, he might bring to naught or to make it more contemporary. Bring to nothing. Are you with me? So, Jesus brought to nothing. The next thing says, and make of no effect him who had the power of death. That is the devil. So, Jesus destroyed. Jesus brought to nothing. Jesus made of no effect. Jesus made of no consequence the one who had the power of death. Glory to God. That is to say, as far as we are concerned as children of God, Satan is so powerless that he should not be an issue. Solomon was living in a different era and yet he caught, he caught a revelation of this. He said to Hiram, you know my father, he fought so many wars that he could not build a house for the Lord. But God has given me peace all around. He has given me rest all around. That there is no adversary and there is no evil occurrence. I have come to a point in my life that there is no adversary. The word adversary can be translated Satan. I've come to a point in my life right now that there is no Satan. There is no adversary. Some Christians waste a lot of their prayer time. If they pray for one hour, they use 45 minutes to bind the devil. That's a waste of time. You're over-concentrating your time on something that does not exist, that is completely immaterial. Come on, do you understand what I'm saying now? You credit everything. You have a headache. You didn't sleep well. You have a headache. You say it's the devil. The devil doesn't know about it. You were driving your car. You didn't drive well and you hit a stone. You blame the devil. Leave the guy alone. He has enough trouble. Everything. If you were talking and you beat your tongue, it must be the devil. Oh, God, talk slowly. You're careless. Sometimes careless in the way you relate. And you have issues in your life. Maybe issues in your marriage. And you outsource it to the devil. It must be the devil. There are things that Satan does nothing. He knows nothing about. Deal with it. Is somebody with me? Some people are blaming their poverty on the demon, ancestral demons of their household. They don't even exist. Go to work. Find the right occupation. Make sure you engage your brain and you deal with the demons around you. I hope someone is hearing me now. I am saying that when Jesus died on the cross, he rendered powerless the one that had the power over death. He rendered useless. He rendered of no effect. So you don't need to fear a useless, powerless Satan anymore. Oh, come on, it's William Shakespeare, not even Apostle Paul, that said, it is the eyes of a child that fears a painted devil. The eyes of a baby. 
you draw Satan on, on cardboard and the person begins to shake. That's because the person is a baby. You should tear it. Uh, come on, is somebody here what I'm saying? <laughs> fear is a bad thing and God does not give us fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Whatever makes you afraid is not of God. Hello, are you with me? Whatever makes you afraid is not of God. Including the visions that the prophets see for you. Because there are people here that still go to prayer houses and collect visions. When they call everybody in your family a witch, there is something wrong with that. It is not of God. They are simply trying to frighten you. They are frightening you. People have destroyed their marriages, destroyed their homes, destroyed beautiful relationships because they are listening to the wrong things. People, instead of making progress in life, have become victims of some manipulation somewhere. And because of they live their lives in fear. When I was a child, my mother used to attend one spiritual church. I grew up with my mother. So I'm a mommy's boy. I remember those days, if we drove, you know, we rode our bike. My mom had a bike. She was teaching in a school. And we would get back home. If she found a broomstick in front of her door, there must be assignment performed before she would go in. If she moves, some of, you, some of you are smiling like you know what I'm talking about. I suspect that some of you know what I'm talking about. A cobweb by the door. My God, they have found me. The witches from my village. Sometimes my mother would say, I picked that broom. I said, What is it? Is the broom? I think I must have swept the floor and the door. He said, No, no, no. My enemies. And there are some people that are still living like that till today. Thank God my mother got born again before she went to be with the Lord. But there are people that are still living like that. They live their lives in fear. They are afraid to die. They think they are going to die. Satan is going to kill them. You know there are people that don't fly. They don't travel by air. Because they are afraid the day they travel by air they will crash. Madam. Let me ask you. So with all of us in the flight. It is you alone. Because of you that they will kill all of us. Stupid fear. I have a friend that he would rather drive all the way from Abuja to Lagos than fly. He won't fly. He won't fly. And it is not even that he was in a, some, maybe something that was trying to crash. It is because they read newspapers. And oh, so Soliso, oh, Bellevue. And that is where you, are, you still are till now. We have since moved on. Life has moved on. So you cannot be living in the shadows of those happenings. You cannot. It is wrong. Is somebody here? You know there are people that don't drive today. Even if you buy them, I mean, whatever car you want to name it, BMW, G-Wagon, they won't drive. Because as far as they are concerned, the day they drive it, they will crash. They live in fear. Some people, mama said it the other day. 
There are people that cannot sleep unless their lives are on. Because they think that somehow, somehow, Satan is coming to kill them. Demons are coming to kill them. There are people that have lived in Lagos. For the past 20 years, they have not gone to the village. Because somehow they think that the old witch in the village will kill them. Can someone relate with what I'm saying now? Some people have not gone to the village. They don't travel because they believe that Satan in the village. I don't know what makes you think that the demons in the village are worse than the ones in the city. Can I announce to you that there are also witches in Lagos? If witches are going to kill you at home, they may as well kill you in Lagos. So you better get what I'm teaching now so you live in victory and authority over them. Come on, is someone still here? <laughs> okay, the next verse, verse 15. Let me wrap that up and read a few more scriptures and we close. Is someone getting something here? And also that he might deliver and complete set free all those who throw haunting fear of death. May you not have the fear of death. Yes. I said, may you not have the fear of death. Yes. Who through hunting fear of death were held in bondage throughout the whole course of their lives. Fear brings bondage. Fear brings bondage. When you are afraid, it restricts the way you live. It curtails the things you do. It does not allow you to have the liberty to go to certain places. Are you with me? Because of fear. Because of fear. You're living in bondage. In fact, sometimes you want to go to somewhere, but the fear, they will kill you. Something will happen to you. Does not allow you to go. That is bondage. That is not liberty. That is not freedom. And whomsoever the son has set free, must be completely free. You must be free. Don't let anything put you into bondage. Can someone say hallelujah? There are many people that are dying from fear than anything else. You know, there are people that fear has killed even before the sickness gets to them. I remember those days when I used to, to take chloroquine. If I took chloroquine, I was going to itch so much. Everywhere from the crown of my head to the sole of me will be itching. I would tell them, please, I think let the malaria remain. Take away the, <laughs> the itching. I prefer the malaria itself to this itching. There are people that the sickness itself is nothing. The fear is so much. Sometimes even the name of the sickness alone has given them high blood pressure. Sometimes it has given them, you know, heart, heart failure. Because of what the doctor has said. That's why good doctors, they will always tell you nice things. Only very inexperienced doctors will tell you the real situation. They will always tell you it's okay. Because they know that they must manage your fear. Is somebody still here? They're trying to manage your fear. I heard the story of how death went to to God and say to God you know I know you are the sovereign Lord I need your permission to go to a particular city 
and kill just about 50 people. I have not killed for a long time. You have refused to let me kill. And God said, well, okay, okay. Promise me you'll kill only 50. Death says, sir, I will kill only 50. So death left the presence of God and went to the city. Surely, God heard that 500 people had died in the city. So God quickly called death and said, come, come, Mr. Man. Uh, how many did you say you were going to kill? Death said, 50, my Lord. And God said, but you killed 500. Death said, no, it's not me. Um, I didn't kill 500. I killed 50. Fear killed the rest. So fear killed 450. And death could only kill 50. See, that's why so many people are dying from fear. Not from the sickness. Not from whatever is afflicted. But they are so afraid that they are dead before even the thing reaches them. May fear not kill you. I say, may fear not kill you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Judges chapter 6. Let me read 6 to 10. Judges chapter 6. 6 to 10. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites. That the Lord sent a prophet. Who did he send? Come on, let me hear you. Who did he send? Who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you. And drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also I said to you, what did he say to them? I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. God said, I did all the signs, wonders, drove the people out from the land, put you here, but don't fear the gods of the land. Don't fear the gods of the Amorites. Ladies and gentlemen, God is still saying the same thing to you today. Don't fear the gods of this land. Don't fear the demons around. Don't fear principalities and powers. Don't fear the gods of this land. Are you still here? Don't fear. When you read earlier, the people were poor. Every time they planted crops, the Midianites will come and destroy them. And God diagnosed the problem and said it's because you fear the gods of the land. If God were to tell you the reason some things are happening in your life, you'll be surprised. It's a product of your fear. God said, don't fear the gods. Don't fear the idols of the land. Don't regard them at all. Treat them as nothing. Live in victory. Live in dominion. But you will not hear Beloved, that's why I don't like people that magnify the devil. There are people, how they tell you, Satan is very powerful. How Satan is like this. How Satan, I am not interested in that because that is not gospel. The gospel is that you have been given power over the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. That is the gospel. Come on, is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Don't let anybody tell you from their experience. 
Someone can even say, oh, I, I married, I, I, I was Satan's wife. I'm not interested. The story of Satan's wife is not superior to scripture. The experiences, even if you died and went to hell, and you come back and tell me your testimony, if I don't find it in God's word, it's nothing. The Bible is my authority. The Bible is my ground norm. The Bible is my rule book. Don't fear the gods of the land. Don't let people intimidate you. You have been set free. You have been delivered from the powers of darkness. By the way, some people ask, can a Christian be demonized? Can a Christian be possessed? For you to think you're possessed, for you to think you have a demon, you don't know your scripture. That is why some people run from pillar to post, from prayer to prayer house, looking for deliverance. You should be giving out deliverance, my friend. You should be the one delivering other people because you have been set free from the forces and the powers of darkness. Can someone say hallelujah? hallelujah? It is what you fear that has power over you. Whenever you fear idols, you give them authority over you. If you don't fear them, they are powerless. They can't do nothing. I illustrated in the first service that if you put this box, it's a box we have known. You put it here and you tie a red cloth over it. Put some eggs, maybe heat some eggs, and every morning you come to pour libation around it. And then you begin to fear, and your children begin to fear, and hey, hey, you tremble. This is an idol, and you give it a name. You know what you have just done? You have ceded the authority to a stick, to wood. The day you don't break the egg or you don't put a libation, the wood will kill you. But if you tell me about the wood, I can kick it. I didn't know it as a Christian. I knew it as an unbeliever. As a young boy, troublesome young boy in the village, swimming, looking for trouble everywhere. As an unbeliever, we would go to the river and find Fanta at the bed of the sea. After swimming to that deep part, we would bring it out and drink it. We didn't have headache, not even fever, and I'm still alive. Because we had no fear. Satan didn't have a window into our lives. And all of us are healthy. And some of us are pastors here. <laughs> are you still here? You see, when I went to school, in, in my place, when a masquerade comes out, they credit the masquerade with all manner of things. There are some that, when it is going, they are dragging with, with a rope and they are putting eggs on top of the mask. I don't know whether you're from an area that does those kind of things. When I went to Unical, I was born again and I started getting the kind of things I'm teaching into my head. I got back to the village and I stopped running away from masquerades. I would dress up, I'll be walking. If they were coming to me, if they shot the arrow, I would say, don't let that thing touch me. They say, who is this? Say he has gone to university. I said, don't let that thing touch me. And then I will, 
I mean, I was not going anywhere. I was just strolling just to show that I, I had power. And I would, I would, I saw people running. I say, hey, hey, you people run to that side, run to that side. So they will run to that side. The masculine will pursue them. I would tell them that that's where they are. So <laughs> but, but even before I went to school, you know, as an unbeliever, I decided one day that I was going to enter the masculine court. My father was a teacher. They wouldn't even allow me to carry the thing. So I went to the field, I don't know how I can explain that, where they said, unless you are initiated, you cannot enter. In fact, I was one of those that started a new one. So I went and collected, but I said, we need to, the other one is too old, we need to start our own. <laughs> then, you know, I would be the one to ask people, have you joined? If you have joined, draw the sign here on. Meanwhile, I didn't know any sign, I said, draw it for me. So I was among those that checked to admit people into the place. And yet me, till my mother born me till that time, I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> and all of them thought that I must have joined in my mother's village before I came. Because I was the one checking people. I said, hey, those of us that have joined, we stand this way. All of you, you are new. I want you to tell me the sign of this cult now. Draw it on the ground. Anything you drew, I said it was okay. <laughs> so you see, when, I, when I'm teaching these things, I've, I've always been like this. I've always had these kind of crazy ideas. That is why the devil is nothing. It is nothing. I talked about it the other day. I think it was on Thursday how I went to live somewhere. And they told me the man is a witch. I said, what? He's a witch, so what? A man said he was going to kill me. I laughed. I said, kill me? I said, if you were, if I was that cheap to kill, you wouldn't even reach me. The witches in my village would have killed me before your arrival. I am not easy to kill. Go and look for some other person. And I'm still here. <laughs> Are you with me? Sometimes people go to find, they, they find sign. On, a, on somebody's house. And they say, hey, I can't leave you. This is Oboni. This is the kind of house to rent if it is cheap. The one that people are not renting. See, that is why people used to give the land that the dead were buried to missionaries. The reason was very simple. We carry a higher authority. Are you with me? If nobody... Oh, come on. Let me not go there. Before they think about attacking someone. Alright. Exodus chapter 23. I think that scripture I read in the first service. Let me read it. Exodus chapter 23 verse 13. This is also what God said. Can you read this with me? One please read. And in all that I have said unto you be what? And make no mention. Of even the names of other gods. Some people are major. They know the names of all the idols. They know all the names of demons. Beloved, that's not a ministry. That's a distraction. Some people have specialized in demonology. 
that they can't speak anything that gives life. They feed your fear. They can take a look at you and tell you the demons that are following you. How, how does that help you? I'm not interested. I think it's Elisha that prayed to God, say, God, open the eyes of my servant so that he will see that they that are with us are more than they that are with them. When you hear people talk about Satan, it is as if there are too many demons all over. No. The angels of God outnumber Satan at a ratio of two to one. Satan fell with only a third of the angels. Two thirds are with us. Come on. Did somebody hear what I just said? I said two thirds are where? They are with us. So be comfortable because you are protected by the host of heaven. Can someone say hallelujah? Don't allow yourself to live in fear of Satan. Don't live in fear of demons. By the way, some people think that Satan is so powerful that it's like God. Satan is not like God. Listen, Satan is not the opposite of God. God is omnipotent. Satan is not omnipotent. God is omniscient. Satan is limited in his knowledge. He doesn't know everything. The Bible says if he knew, he wouldn't have crucified the Lord, the king of glory. Satan doesn't know. In fact, can I tell you that Satan does not know your plans until you tell him. Satan works on what you say. That is how he uses to decode your life. Satan is not omniscient. And he's not omnipresent. Satan cannot be everywhere at the same time. That's why some people that spend so much time binding the devil are wasting their time. He's not even there. We can't come to this church and then begin our service by binding Satan. For what? Jesus said, where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of you. Jesus cannot be in our midst and Satan is in our midst at the same time. The presence of the Lord cannot admit of the devil. So we won't even waste our time. Is somebody here what I'm saying now? <laughs> Glory to God. One last scripture and we close. Is someone blessed? First Corinthians chapter 8. Hallelujah. Get from verse 4. Let me read from verse 4. Therefore concerning the eating of things offered to idols. Can you read the next statement for me? Did the Bible just say that an idol is nothing? Did you find that in your scripture? An idol is what? An idol is what? Nothing. An idol is nothing. And it does not matter the kind of idol it is. It can be a traditional idol. It can be an imported western idol. But it's nothing. You know some people are importing idols from China and from India. Magic and talisman. Occultic books. 
witchcraft practices. There are nothing in this world. Please, is somebody getting what I'm saying? This is what the Bible says. An idol is nothing. I wish I can program that into your heart. That an idol is nothing. We can actually say, because when you talk about an idol, you're talking about satanic, demonic operations. The devil is nothing. That's what the Bible says. Demons are nothing. Don't allow yourself to be intimidated. Don't allow yourself to be afraid. They are nothing. Glory to God. And it does not matter your experience. It doesn't matter what you see. You know, sometimes Satan is so crafty. He tries to simulate and fake some things to make you feel that you're, you know, under his authority. You're not. You're not. An idol does not have any authority over you because it's nothing. Can you read the next verse? Let me wrap this up. Next verse. For even if there are so-called gods, whether it be in heaven or on earth, as many as many, many gods and many lords, go on. For yet, yet for us there is one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we for him and one Lord Jesus Christ through whom are all things and through whom we live. Can you read this with me, everybody? One, please read. However, however, there is not in everyone that knowledge that an idol is nothing. Some people think an idol is something and they eat with fear in their heart and because of that they get polluted. If I'm not going to eat food sacrificed to idol, it's not because of fear. It's because I don't want to contaminate the conscience of the people that are watching. I don't want to weaken their faith. I don't want to make it that they can go to worship idols. But Paul said for me, I can eat it and it is nothing. Because as far as I'm concerned, I don't recognize an idol. Reminds me of the story of these missionaries that they went for a long trek sharing the gospel of Jesus here in Africa. And as they were returning, they were very hungry, famished. They needed food, but they didn't have food. So some, suddenly they heard some singing at the background. And because they were foreigners, they decided to hide. So they climbed a tree and stayed on top. So the people that were coming, you know the way they are, they tied white cloth, red cloth, and they were dancing. They carried live fowl. They carried rice that is cooked. They carried the one that they have cooked, chicken there inside. They carried Fanta, and it's always Fanta, not Sprite, not, not Coke, Fanta. I don't even know why it's always Fanta. Does anybody know? Because it's yellow. Why is it always Fanta? Is that joy? This one that you're serious like this. Maybe you will have to tell us why they do Fanta. Not. <laughs> so my missionary brethren, they were upstairs, and they were watching these guys. They were dancing, you know, and funny. They were dancing in circles, boop, 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 doing incantation, boop, boop, boop. and they came to the root junction, and they stopped there. Did incantation this way, 
did incantation this way, did incantation this way, did incantation this way, and then they drop the rice and stew, steaming hot. And then they, they return through the back. You know the way they do it? From the back. So my brethren quickly came down. They went and saw that the Lord had prepared a table. All things are okay to be accepted. And they are sanctified. The Bible says with the word of God and prayer. All things. So they took it and gave thanks. And blessed the food. The Lord had provided for the brethren. So they ate very well. And I think in their minds they were. Drank the Fanta on top, you know now. <laughs> they would have been praying, God may tomorrow another one come. But listen to this. The difference between them and other people is that they had no regard for those idols. No regard. If you have regard for the idols, of course you know this kind of thing that's going to happen. You're going to wrestle with all manner of things. But for as long as there is no fear in your heart, you're free. You're completely free. There are people that tell you, you can't enter certain places. If you enter this kind of place, oh, demons are there. That is rubbish. You enter where? Read the Bible. Even the ship that Paul entered to get to Rome had the symbol of demons written on it. He entered and didn't sink. So you live in a house that had a bony, and you tell me that is why you're not pro progressing. I visit some people and they say, Pastor, eh, this business is not doing well. I say, well, they say something was buried here. Something was buried here and you went there and it is still affecting you. There's something wrong with your faith. Believe me, there's something wrong with your faith. The moment you should go there, whatever is buried in the ground should be destroyed. You don't even need to pray about it. When light shines in darkness, darkness flees. Are you with me? I went to live in some place and they came and told me, said, do you know where you're living? Your house is built exactly on top of a graveyard. And I said, how does that concern me? If this was a graveyard, I didn't know who was buried here. I never lost sleep till I left the house. Why? Because it makes nonsense to me. So if it was a graveyard, and there are some people that will say, please come and do house cleansing. Some of you, they deceive you, say, come, let us go and do cleansing of your house in the village. And they collect money from you. That is fraud. Cleanse what? Say it's ancestral demons. Ask the pastor that is coming to cleanse your house. Whether his ancestry is clean. Even Jesus' ancestry was not. Did, did you hear what I just said? There were demonic ancestral demons in his foundation. And yet nobody did deliverance for him. He was doing deliverance for other people. Even the man of God, his own foundation is, is, is not okay. <laughs> All of us are foundation. That is why you need a new foundation. Anyone who is in Christ is the seed of Abraham. That's a new foundation.
if you are in Christ, you are the seed of Abraham. So the demons of your father's household have nothing to do with you. I mean, that's not why I'm not, I'm, I'm not married. Because all my sisters, they are not married. That's because you don't want to marry. Ignorance is keeping you from marrying. The day you realize that you have changed foundations, a new foundation was built the day you accepted Christ, you will get married. By the way, you know, Since that day, we, people have said they've wondered in this church does pastor do deliverance? Pastor, does he conduct deliverance? If they ask you that, tell them that your pastor is a specialist at conducting deliverance. Because what I've just done this morning is deliverance. I'm setting you free from the bondage of fear. The bondage of fear. And it is fear that gets people tied to demons and demonic satanic manipulation. The moment you're free of fear, even the things, talk about dreams. I don't know, maybe another day. Some people have allowed themselves to be deceived by Satan because of the dream they have. That is rubbish. You're bigger than your dreams. It does not matter. The other day I was giving a testimony of how I came like from Poland. By the way, I can use Pastor Nonso to illustrate. Pastor Nonso just came from a long trip. He said he, he was traveling through four time zones. So this morning, he was saying he wants to sleep a little. I, I said to him, I, I do hope you will even be able to sleep in the night. Because sometimes when you're here in the afternoon is when it is night where you're coming from. And that is when sleep is coming. In the night, when you should be sleeping, sleep is not coming. So I left Portland, Oregon, and I was in Nigeria. But my body was still in Portland. My body had not adjusted. I traveled, but my body was still responding as if I was in Portland. See, those dreams don't tell where you are. Those kind of experiences you have in your body, they are not the truth about where God has located you. So don't let yourself be confused. You need to stand on the things I'm teaching you today. Stand on the fact that you're completely free. The devil is nothing. The devil is nothing. Demons are nothing. Idols are nothing. You're far above them. And nothing shall by them insult you. Sound your feet and let's pray. Showword Assembly is a Bible teaching ministry operating at different locations. Every Sunday by 9 a.m., we experience supernatural encounter with God as we worship Him and drink from the fountain of His Word. Every Thursday, we meet at 6 p.m. for teaching, prayer, and breaking of bread. If you need a church that will equip you to grow in the faith, empower you to succeed in life, and give you a platform to serve the Lord, welcome to Shoreward Assembly. To learn more about us, visit shorewordassembly.org. Remember, with God, all things are possible. So expect a miracle today. And when you're coming for the next service, bring a friend along. Showword, Raising Champions.